Here we are now with another episode of the Andrew Lake Podcast. My name is Dosta and today I'd like to talk about self-talk therapy. And I'd like us to really illustrate some of the depths that are in this category of, well, it's not really a category, it's a It's a thing unto itself. It's a heading unto itself. Because within self-talk therapy, there's a broad range. There's all these different techniques and there's this huge, vast amount of different things which fall into this heading of self-talk therapy. And therapy usually is associated with this thing of, I need help. Someone needs to help me. I have a problem and I need it fixed. Whether it's behavioral or cognitive or psychological or experiential or emotional or interpersonal if it's a relationship problem. But self-talk, we can also say self-talk as an awareness technique. So there's so many different techniques that there are Things that are not for help, but for improvement and going beyond. Getting deeper. And really going from that next level. Going from one place to a higher place. Every time I talk about higher and lower, there's something in me that feels a bit funny about it. But it's just a matter of talking. If you don't have a problem... You don't feel that there's a burning itch to fix something in your life. But you do want to take it to the next level. You do want to improve. Then a self-talk awareness technique is for you. And really there are techniques that cover the whole span. They cover the whole spectrum from you're in the pits and you need a lot of help to all the way up to enlightenment. And it does really go that far. So let's go through some of these. Let's think these out and see what you can do. And there's also some things in this which you can try by yourself, like the poor me. (laughs) That's a fun game. So these, I guess there's two ways we can divide it. There's self-talk by yourself and then there's self-talk with someone else. And then we can divide therapy into a one-on-one session or a group therapy. And then we can say the same with awareness techniques. You can have an awareness technique you do by yourself or you can do with someone. And you also have, of course, the group awareness techniques. But they're all self-talk. It's all you talking. Yourself is doing the talking. You are the one doing the talking. And the difference between talking to yourself in a room with no one around or with one person around or with a group of people around, well, that just depends on the effectiveness of the technique. Really, technically, intuitively speaking, you should be able to sit in a room by yourself and, and talk your way into something. 
Talk your way out of something, into anything. Just talking, it, it does something. And you should be able to take that as far as it goes. But putting other people into the mix and adding other people into the mix is what really starts to open it up and break it up and really makes things deep quick. Because you are defined, at least partly, experientially, by the other. And when I say the other, I mean broadly speaking. Self is defined by not-self. And when you put a person in the room with you, that gives you something to define yourself off. So that's why there's always this, this change in how you are when someone walks into the room, if you haven't noticed. Basically, all therapy comes down to this phrase, and you've heard this before. It says, how does that make you feel? So the classic joke is that my therapist, I'm paying him all this money, and I'm spending all this time with him, but all he's doing is sitting there on the couch, listening to me, and then saying, how does that make you feel? And how does that make you feel? Now, this, of course, is a very skeptical... It, well, it's easy to be skeptical. I can understand the whole thing of saying therapy doesn't work. And my answer to that is, well, no, therapy doesn't work. You work. It's not like if you saw therapy at 8.30 in the morning... He'd be putting on his suit, picking up his briefcase and saying, no, sorry, I can't have a conversation right now. I'm off to work. Therapy doesn't have a job. Therapy is not this entity that is meant to be your servant. Therapy doesn't work for me. Well, what do you expect him to do? Do you expect him to be like walking up to you with a plate of grapes and to be peeling the grapes and feeding them into your mouth for you? Does he, does, he, does he need to be fanning you? Does he need to clip your toenails, give you a pedicure? Therapy isn't working for me. Bring me my pedicure. <laughs> no, it's you that does the work. So when your therapist says, how does that make you feel? It's you that is answering it's you that's doing the work. It's you that's finding something new and working it through. Now, we do need to help each other. Maybe to work it through, you need someone there. Maybe to work it through, you need to have someone reminding you to be talking about your feelings. And it's a very powerful thing to be in a room with someone who has a rapport with you and an awareness over you in such a way that when they say, how does that make you feel? You know you can't bullshit the answer. You have to find the real answer. You have to be authentic. 
Now, that situation depends on the relationship between the therapist and the student. It depends on the atmosphere of the room and the circumstances. Which is why it's very tricky for someone to go to a therapist cold. Just to look up a therapist and say, oh, let's try this one. Because then you have a meeting of two people and there's no context and an understanding has to be built. A shared worldview has to be built. That's why the first few therapy sessions, it's just going to be, well, I need to get to know you a bit. So this thing of how does that make you feel, it can also be used not just as a, how to say, fix me my ideas and my problems and my feelings, but it's a way of changing your center, of going from your head to your heart. How do you talk from your feelings? How do you talk from the heart? How do you speak from the heart? And there's an actual phenomena of your body posture and what it means to speak from the head and the the way the eyes are placed. And you can see this in someone. If you've ever watched someone standing talking about how they feel and they're looking in a certain direction because they look around for what to say. The eyes are another part of this, but then they have their tone of voice. They have the amount of words, the inflection of the voice. And if the therapist is gentle and loving enough to guide that person to say, how does that make you feel? And they're open to receiving that advice and they bring it down. Then something drops. There's a center that drops from the head to the heart. And it's a physical appearance. You can see it physically. Their voice changes. Their posture changes. There's little inflections on the face that change. How the eyes move changes. So... This thing of how does that make you feel, it's a very versatile and far-ranging point of inquiry. And it depends all on your sincerity. And also partly the rapport your therapist has with you or your awareness technique teacher has with you. Now, there's differences between cognitive psychology. Cognitive and behavioral therapy is different to an experiential meditative awareness technique. When you're doing cognitive psychology and behavioral psychology, you're dealing with the content of your thoughts. Now, if you go to that sort of therapist, they're going to say things like, what's 10 things you like about yourself? What are 10 things you don't like about yourself? And you can write those out and you have to think about them. You have to really think it through and you're using your mind, you're using your cognition to work to change the content of your mind. 
And then the behavioral side is, what are things you don't like that you do? What are things that you do like that you do? What are the actions that you're taking that you do and don't like? And then you're thinking about your behaviors and you're working on the content of your behaviors. And with the help of a therapist, you can become more aware of what your exact behaviors are and then you change them. Now, the content is different to the structure. The structure is how your thoughts flow. The structure is the the nature of your behavior, the nature of your mind, the forms in which it can take. And when we talk about structure, there are various, there are levels of structure where a collection of thoughts and behaviors are possible and the other structures, the other levels are not available. So think of each kind of level, each way in which different structures manifest themselves as totally separate to each other. And then you've also got the experiential side of it, which is what it's like to experience these things, what it's like to experience your thoughts in real time. And this would be the difference between journal writing and talking with someone. So when you do journal writing, you take your time with it and you look back on it at a different time. You're looking at the content from a different vantage point. Whereas when you're talking, it's an immediate vantage point. When you're talking, it's right there. It's the experience of it. And if you're experiencing something new, and you're being drawn, you're having your attention drawn to something new, then your experience of your thoughts and your feelings, you'll be able to change that. And it's an immediate thing. So it's perfectly possible to talk and what you're saying doesn't change your content. You can simply have this question, how does that make you feel? Or what happened there? Or what was your experience of that? These sorts of inquiry questions. And the answer you get is the answer that you've always had. Now, where the alchemy happens, where the transformation happens, is when you get, you're confronted with that and you come up with a new answer and you're re-encountering these feelings. So the post-traumatic stress counseling is a way of having these people who have had this traumatic moment and they've never been able to talk about it and they've always been afraid to relive it, so they've suppressed it. But in this counseling setting, they're able to go into it slowly, gently, in a safe environment, in a careful environment, with a therapist who is loving and understanding, 
and skilled enough to go at a pace that is good for them, and then they can talk about it. And even just that jump from being able to talk about it to not talk about it, that is a big leap in some situations. And self-talk therapy is sometimes like all you need to do is talk about it. You've heard that phrase before, just talking about it. And they have this word just in front of their phrase. If you could only just talk about it, that would solve your problem. We should talk about our problems. And that is a big step, but there's another step beyond that, which is how you talk about them. And how closely connected they are to your feelings, these experiences, or these words, or everything, how everything is connected within your being. So watch out for this thing of someone saying, all you need to do is talk about it, or therapy is just sitting around talking about your problems. It doesn't get you anywhere. Well, actually, that does get you somewhere. It is taking you somewhere from going from not being able to talk about it to being able to talk about it. And just do a quick assessment now. Is there anything you wouldn't want to talk about? Is there anything you're afraid to talk about? Is there anything that makes you feel uncomfortable or that's or even that's just not clear to you as to how to talk about it. And this this reminds me of the Alcoholics Anonymous. So Alcoholics Anonymous has one of the fundamental st- the, the staple of Alcoholics Anonymous. The the point of it or the 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 meat of it is there's a 12-step program which has a lot of things to it. That's That's a long program. And actually, a side note, you can use the 12-step program as something which improves you rather than fixes you. So imagine this. Imagine going through the 12-step program of the Alcoholics Anonymous, but you're not an alcoholic. You don't feel there's anything wrong with you. So... That's a little insight into this difference between a self-talk therapy technique or, or in this case, a 12-step program therapy technique and an awareness technique. So that's the difference there. But the staple of Alcoholics Anonymous is you sit around in a circle and you talk and you simply say what you feel to say and the other people in that group... Listen, it's really that simple. And having your chance to say something and have people listen, in that situation, there's a, there's a magic, there's a happening, there's an opening, there's something quite beautiful that can open up there. Now, the anonymity, the anonymous part of it, is that you can say things with no ramifications, with no effect, with no blowback, without the worry of 
keeping your identity or your, uh, your how others see you, your image, your public image, your self-image, there's no way, there's no need to keep that intact. There's no fear of judgment. So when you create this situation where there's no fear of judgment, you have someone that says, I'm going to accept what you say, then you can say things that you wouldn't normally get to say. And it can be a very powerful experience. It can be a very opening moment. And in those groups, in those Alcoholic Anonymous groups, there are very deep friendships that are born. Because people come out and they say things that they wouldn't say to anybody else. And sometimes they say something that is shocking even to them. And it's not just negative, it can be beautiful as well. These men are sharing their stories of overcoming adversity, overcoming addiction, facing the mistakes they've made. And they have made so many mistakes. There is so, there is so much darkness in the alcoholic's life. There is so much depression and sadness and loneliness. And to be there and to witness someone being able to open up and to transmute that and to move into something positive and to recognize the adversities that they've come through. And that's a very encouraging thing. Now, Alcoholics Anonymous is a structured group. It's an organized group. And this is the difference between sharing, not dumping. So in Alcoholics Anonymous, someone will stand up and say, I'd like to share something. And in all therapy, there is this, this term, this term sharing. Now, sharing, as opposed to dumping, is when you meet someone outside of a therapy situation or an awareness technique group and they put these things on you and they talk really about themselves and they make themselves vulnerable, that's not exactly sharing. That's dumping. So you know these people who come up to you and they all of a sudden they're saying very personal things and they're talking all about themselves and they talk for a long time and then all of a sudden the, the show is over and they leave and they don't listen to you and they're not sensitive to your reaction. That's dumping. This whole thing of I, I need to tell you my problems, I'm going to tell you my problems and that will somehow impress you or that will cause a sympathy within you. Now, that's different to sharing. So, the complexity of when two humans meet and in what environment and what situation is such that there needs to be a shared understanding, a common understanding. Now, if that person had said, well, I'd like to say something to you that's about me, I'd like to share my problems with you, and then they do it, if they set it up, 
There's a, there's an art to making yourself vulnerable and sharing yourself. There's an art to speaking from the heart, and it's not always appropriate in every social situation. So to go through the world just with your heart on your sleeve, that's one thing. But to be sensitive to how you're actually making a connection with someone, then that's another. And really, these group therapies, they do change how you interact with people. But it's not a... It it doesn't work to have a group technique copy-paste into the social sphere. Because in the group, there's an understanding, there's a build-up. So adjusting this idea of sharing to the social sphere is is a tricky one in and of itself. So that's the difference between sharing and not dumping. Now, when you share, you, you have, well, first of all, you have an understanding that you are sharing something and that it's also your turn to talk and my turn to talk. So your turn to listen, my turn to listen. We're taking in turns. There's that part of the sharing. But there's also the component of I'm sharing myself with you so that you can see, you can have part of me. And that's different to saying I'm going to be giving part of me to you for you to either give me sympathy or for you to have something on me. So You're sharing yourself and it's like, well, would, would you really want to give this to someone? Would you really want to... Like the moment where it's all about you and you talk without judgments and you really have the ability to talk about yourself from your innermost self without regard for the other, that's a rare moment. That's a... If, if you want to have that, you need to also give it to the other person. It needs to be a two-way street. Otherwise, it's just dumping on them. And also just being sensitive to the other person. Like, how are they taking it? There's a, there's a difference between talking without fear of judgment and talking with a sensitivity to the other person. What sort of mood are they in? You always establish the environment. You always establish where the other person is at before you start talking too deeply. Conversations are things that flow through the feelings, through the energy of the environment, through the moment. So to be walking around with with just, oh, but this is how it is, bleh, like pushing out without an amalgamation into the, without a, a fluidity between you and the environment, well, that just makes for awkward social situations. So there's a funny little koan. Well, it's not really a koan, but it's a, a self-talk therapy technique, which I was, I discovered on my travels. And this girl told told it to me and she calls it, poor me or poor old me and she says what you do is for five minutes you say if you ever have a problem with your partner with your relationship 
or anyone really in your life, then you can say for five minutes, I'm going to say, poor me. Poor me. And you, the, the difference is you say it out loud. So you use your voice box, you move your lips and your tongue, and you say it out loud. Now, normally, we are walking around with these things in our head. Well, well, not normally. I'll just say that in this, when, when this technique applies is when you have things going around in your head and they're not solid thoughts. It's not clear to you. They're sort of wishy-washy and they're sort of repetitive and they're not entirely clear to you. So taking a thought which is sort of fluffy and then putting words to it makes it solid. It forces you to make it clear. It forces you to make it crude and tangible. So this technique of poor me does that. So you sit by yourself and you say, poor me, I'm so lonely. Poor me, I'm not good enough. Poor me, my girlfriend's not good enough for me. Poor me, I don't get enough sex. Poor me, my laptop keeps breaking. Poor me, this is a brand new laptop and it just doesn't work for me. There's nothing, there's there's all these software problems and it just keeps shutting down and I don't know why. I can't work out the driver software or the audio software. Poor me. Poor me, I'm lonely. Poor me, I'm not successful enough. Poor me. I'm not good enough for others. Now you can see now you're saying, Dosta, Dosta, what are you saying? Wait, Dosta, are you saying this about you? Well, I don't want to give away too much. So poor me as examples. These are poor me examples of what you might say. Now, when Dosta says poor me, he can play his own game. And maybe some of that was Dosta. Maybe it wasn't. <laughs> Let's just keep that in the who knows <laughs> situation. But you, for, for me, when that happens, there's a, there's a reaction to what I say. Now, when I react to it, it might be that I say, poor me, fill in the blank, And then when I say it, I say, well, actually, and then I'm thinking, well, actually, no, that's not poor me. I don't feel that way. So don't think of poor me as in you have a bitch and a moan, and then because of the bitch and the moan, the, the problem is fixed. It's not a black and white thing. It's not a, and, and that's, that's a miscom, that's a mis, understanding about bitching and gossiping and so when, when all the girls get together I mean I hate to say it's girls I mean guys bitch as well but it's more typically the girls get together and they have a bitch like that's the term having a bitch you're sitting around and you're talking you're talking bad and you're bitching and moaning so this idea of poor me in the group or and and really it comes back to dumping like if you're dumping on someone you're saying poor me then trying to offload the weight is, is not exactly how it works. When you do it by yourself, and you're saying, poor me by yourself, well, then the responsibility is on you. When a group of girls are sitting around bitching, 
it sort of makes it okay to dump when really it doesn't have any way of putting the responsibility back on you. Now, if you had a group of people sitting around playing poor me or ain't it awful, then someone says, don't talk like that. That's a negative way to talk. Well, then that breaks the game apart. If they say, why are you saying that? You shouldn't be saying that. Or it's your responsibility to talk like the, the way you're talking. Or don't talk about someone like that. So that, that pushback onto someone, giving them the responsibility in a social situation will be like rude. It's like, well, hang on. What are you talking about? I want to have my bitch. What I'm saying is true. It is poor old me. But when you do it by yourself, it puts it back on you. It makes it, the, the awareness is really on you. And the change of building up more of an awareness of the things within you comes back to you when you're talking by yourself in a room and you're saying, poor me. So don't think of it as a, don't, there's no black and white insight from poor me. It's a process. And processes are small incremental steps that build up. So you can see, you can do poor me every day for a week. Five minutes is all you need. And you talk out loud. And then over the course of the week, you'll see how things change. You'll see how you feel. And how things are different at each time of the time that you do it. Now, poor me is only a surface level. Well, it's I wouldn't say surface level, but it's a it's a quick fix technique. It's a it's a it's a temporary fix. It's not to be used for say deep trauma healing. Now, if you say poor me and really big things come up and you are opening up these big issues, then it's going to take more than five minutes for you to work through them. But this gets to the deeper point of self-talk therapy, which is confronting all of your issues. And if you can sincerely confront all of your problems and you really honestly say what your problems are and you really go into it, and you have the time and the space for them to happen and for you to relive them in ways that are experiential, not just cognitive and psychological, then that's when you start working through your issues. That's when you're working through your problems. So the amount of space you need and the time and the depth that you need to go should be proportionate to the problems that you've got. And conversely, the height and the enlightenment and the ecstasy that you want to achieve should be proportionate to the work that you're doing. So self-talk as a therapy is fixing your problems and your issues. And self-talk as an awareness technique is building your enlightenment and your awareness growth, your experience of reality, your existential self, your being. And they should be proportionate. They're both proportionate. 
The more enlightened you want to get, the, the higher you should go. And the more time and the more space you should give to your self-talk awareness techniques. And really, that's what a koan is. So a koan is this Zen question or this Zen story. And it's just a few words. And it might be something as simple as, where is home? And you can answer that if you do this. You can answer this out loud like you do, poor me. And if you really hit it hard. Now, I've, I've been a part of some groups where they've done this and I've heard of these groups where they do this, where they take a koan and they repeat it over and over again and it becomes a process, not a question and an answer. So, a koan is, if you ask a koan to a Zen master who's been contemplating it or working with it for years... You can't just take his answer and then that's the answer. It took you years to go there because it's experiential. It's not just the words. It's like the experience. And to, to dig into the difference between a word answer, a talkative answer or a cognitive answer and an experiential answer, you can do this koan over and over again. You can dig it in. You can say, where is home? Now, if I ask you, where is home? There's going to be, uh, you know, uh, an address, a place, a suburb, a house, something. There's going to be the conventional answer. Then you can say, well, why do you call it home? And then you might have a story. You'll have some memories. You'll have some emotional component. And if you have it even deeper and I keep asking you and I keep saying, no, where is home? Where is home? And eventually you get to an experience, you get to an essence, which is beyond the words and the emotions. So koans are on the same scale as therapy, they're on the same line because they're talkative. You use words. And even you can do like you have Alcoholics Anonymous and people share, you can also have groups, enlightenment groups, where they do koans. And then everyone has the same koan and they're listening to the answers that other people come up with and they're absorbing that. And that gets to that gets to this thing which it's well, I call it a, a mirror prism. So this, this is a bit of a tangent, but stick with me. It, it works like this. Say you, have, say you have a mirror and you look into the mirror, then there's two yous. There's you and then there's you in the mirror. But then you say we have two mirrors and you position those mirrors so that basically they're facing each other, but at a slight angle... And then you step into the middle between these two mirrors that are facing you. Then at a certain angle, with the mirrors positioned correctly, you can see you, you in the mirror in front of you, and you in the mirror behind you. And then you tweak the angle some more, and basically 
it goes out until this circular thing and there's an infinite copy of yous going back and back and off and into the distance. That's an infinity mirror. So the same thing happens with people talking. So when you talk by yourself, it's you going around and around in circles. And it is possible for that circle to, to spiral and to go somewhere. It is perfectly possible to do it by yourself. But then say you have two people and you sit and you are facing someone and you're both doing this koan, where is home? So I say where is home, then you say where is home. And of course there's the time scale with it, so you have to be answering it a few different times over a length of time then that will build something up. There'll be something different in you. And then, of course, you can do it in a group of, say, 10 people, 20 people, and you're all rotating around. So that's the power of these groups. That's the power of doing group therapy or group awareness techniques. And there are groups which are, they do exactly this, and they package them as, this is your enlightenment. You become enlightened. You have the enlightenment experience. So, I think that covers a lot for self-talk therapy. We've got, how does that make you feel? We've got cognitive psychology, journal writing talking to yourself, look up the Alcoholics Anonymous 12-step program and just have a sense of what it would be like for you to go through that and to do it sincerely, to really put yourself into it. How, how easy would it be for you to make your way through it? That would, be, that would give you some indication of to where you're at. That would be a good a good uh, indication of how much work you've done on yourself. And then there's the poor me. <laughs> Some people might, I can sort of feel like it's fun to play poor me. Have a bitch and a moan. Next time you feel you need to have a bitch or a moan or someone's doing you wrong, have the bitch or the moan, but have it by yourself. Have it in your car when there's no one around. So that when someone is around, we don't have to listen to it. <laughs> and then, well, I guess the, the other part, the ending part is do koans and make a time. It's quite difficult to find where these groups are, where these things happen, where these collections of people happen. Alcoholics Anonymous is pretty big, but... And there's probably one in your city, like there's a, you know, that's one of the most famous therapy groups of all time. But there's, to, to find these ones that are for enlightenment, to find a group awareness technique, that's even less common. Like people, there's no end to the needs of people fixing their problems. But for someone who says, I want to, I want to be shooting for the stars, that's even more rare. So... To do that, you probably have to have to do some research. Well, you have to go on your spiritual journey. 
You have to travel. You have to have your seeking eyes on. You have to become a seeker to find those certain things. Now, another thing I wanted to share was this question of, well, Dosta, you sure seem to do a lot of talking on this podcast. I, I almost forgot to bring this up, but if you've listened this far, you can hear this. Now, Yes, I do talk a lot on this podcast. There is a lot of talking happening. So you say, Dosta, is is your podcast your therapy? Is this your is this your way of improving yourself? And the answer is no, not exactly. When I talk on here, something does happen. There is something happening. I am changing. I am going into new territories. But the majority of the time here, I'm sharing things which I already know. There's only a small percentage of the time when I'm having real-time insight. There's a, there's a bit of it, and you can hear when something is happening. If you're sensitive to it, you can hear when something new is coming up on the spot. But most of the time, it's intellectual things which are planned. It's psychological. It's philosophical. It's of the mind. And there are also times, of course, when I talk from the heart. There are times when I talk about my feelings. And I talk with feeling. So talking with feeling, with something I feel passionate about, that's talking from the heart. And talking about my feelings, that's that's different to talking with feeling. Talking about your feelings directly is different to talking about something that brings you feeling. At least on here it does. So there are times when I talk from the heart. But most of the time, everything on here is psychological, philosophical, and intellectual and that's the joy i love that and and i do have ideas for doing live demonstrations of self-talk therapy and self-talk awareness techniques and maybe by the time you've heard this i will have done this but this is it's new territory it's risky territory because Things become very personal when, when that happens. And to put yourself out on the internet and to speak publicly, that's a very different game to sitting in a awareness technique group. So public speaking is self-talk, but it's a whole different game. Speaking to the world if you can hear me out there. <laughs> I just realized I remembered I'm talking to the world. Hello, world! <laughs> oh, I shouldn't be so playful. Or maybe I should. I don't know. See, it, it, in a sense, I'm already starting to do it. Like, if I... I can sense when I go into the... That was a long silence. Talking about what's happening... And talking about how I am now and just me bumbling around. And it's that's train of thought talking. So that, that could be a technique where 
try try this. This is another one. Try it's not poor me or it's not a Zen koan, but try train of thought talking. And you notice how much chatter there is in your mind and how the tone of the voice is and how neurotic you are. And if you do train of thought talking, so that means when you're by yourself, instead of just thinking about things, you talk constantly and you force yourself to talk. So literally, I mean literally talking, not mentally talking, using your voice box, moving your lips, moving your the, the, the mouth talking. So you put your shoes on, you talk about it. You have your breakfast, you make your breakfast, you talk about it. You go to your car, you do this. Oh, I have to remember to do this. Oh, I need to do this. This is what I'm thinking. And you'll be surprised at how difficult it is to keep that up and how long you go keeping that up until you notice something change. You'll notice an effect. So, my name is Dosta. We'll be doing some... I'm thinking I'll do some awareness techniques in the future sometime. Live demonstrations. And then you'll be able to hear the difference between an intellectual talk and a real-time, constant expression of insight and train of thought and all of it just molded together and identity it it gets it gets deep when this happens so look forward to that and for now i think we usually end with a few minutes of silence so if it's comfortable for you to do so if you're able to stop what you're doing close your eyes Sit down quietly for our last few minutes and just have some time to not distract yourself, to let whatever's happening in you happen and just really feel your reaction to some of the ideas here or what's distracting you or what you want to do after this. Whatever you're thinking about it, just notice it. Notice your thoughts. And sit quietly for a few minutes. I'll do the same. And that's all I have to say for now.